folks, it's Robert Berry, and welcome to Retro Crush, the podcast episode 98, just two episodes away after this from our 100th episode, hard to believe. we got a, a very special episode for you today. I was lucky enough earlier uh, this morning to uh, have a phone interview with Todd Snyder. And Todd Snyder is a really, really great uh, country folk performer. Um, I first... Uh, found out about him uh, about a month ago at the Hardly Strictly Bluegrass Festival in San Francisco, mentioned it on a previous podcast. The guy put on one of the most fantastic live shows with just an acoustic guitar and a harmonica. Um, you know, he made me laugh. I loved his music. I went out and bought his uh, new CD, The Devil You Know. And um, just on a whim, I uh, got a hold of his publicist and said, Hey, this guy's great, and I'd love to interview him for Retro Crush and our podcast. And uh, they hooked it up uh, right away because he's got some downtime right now. He's going to be hitting the road again, I I believe, on November 8th. But uh, it was nice enough to talk to us this morning, and I think you really like this interview. We're going to play a little bit of his music and... um, you know, to kind of put it in, in some context for you so you can see where he's coming from uh, before the interview starts. And, um, I, I, you know, you may not have heard of him, but I, I think after this interview, uh, I hope that you're intrigued and check out some of his stuff because he's, he's a real fresh voice and has a lot to say, and he's certainly not mainstream country. You know, if, if you're not into the, the rhinestone cowboy kind of stuff that, that you hear on radio these days, um, he's nothing like that. In fact, uh, one of his songs and on T-shirts that he sells on his website, um, the, you know, he refers to himself as a tree-hugging, pot-smoking, porn-watching, lazy ass hippie and I hope that sums up a little bit to you what what Todd's all about there um, some songs uh, that, that are on his album that, that are really cool we're going to play a few clips of them here because we, we'll talk about them in the interview and we'll play a couple clips during the interview as well there, there, there's an antidote that we refer to that if you hear the songs uh, up front, uh, be, you'll probably appreciate it a lot more um, Todd on a, a previous album has a song called Beer Run and um, here's a clip of the song. I'd see Robert Earl Keane at the K-Pig Swine and Soiree Dance. They wore baseball caps and khaki pants. They wanted cigarettes, so to save a little money, they bumped one off this hippie that smelled kind of funny. And the next thing they knew, they was both really hungry and pretty thirsty, too. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, bear run. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, bear well, after uh, Todd uh, released that song, Beer Run, and it had been out a while and he'd been performing it, uh, mysteriously Garth Brooks uh, comes up with uh, an eerily similar song. Twenty-five minutes past quitting time Slipping up and screaming to that truck of mine Paying no attention to the highway sign Power to the county. Oh, sack will back back again. Well, it's a P double E double R U K. Oh my goodness, did he just sing what I thought he sang? He used the same B double E double R U N in that song. Well, We'll have to see what kind of clash of the titans this resulted in when we hear the interview. And we'll find out how this song that we're going to lead into the interview plays into it all. Tomorrow never comes. Tomorrow never comes. Tomorrow never comes. Tomorrow never comes. Tomorrow never 
birds wouldn't fuck with him. So in your song, Tomorrow Never Comes, what inspired the line, if worms had daggers, birds wouldn't fuck with them? <laughs> uh, well, let's see. I I, uh, I don't know. I guess I was thinking... Uh, boy, that's a good one. I remember <laughs> thinking of it in... Uh, no, no, no. I know where I got that. I, I, I heard someone say that one time. This guy named... His name is Skip McQuinn, and um, I was about 18, and I had been waiting around to meet um, Johnny Cash at this in front of the studio, and the guy let me in. Uh, the guy that was running it felt sorry for me. And then I met that day, I met this friend of mine. I, I even remember he said it to, there's a songwriter now, he's famous now, but this is when he was 18 too, and he song. And then his name's Rivers Rutherford, and he played a song. He was working there, and that was a damn man. He played his song, and he said, if country music was uh, was worth its shit, this song would be a hit or something like that. And this guy said, <laughs> if, yeah, if worms had daggers, birds wouldn't fuck with them. And I never forgot it. And then I and I just, I just uh, it was, that's been years and years ago. That's great. So you did get to meet Johnny Cash, huh? <laughs> I did get to meet him. Wow, that's great. I just got to say, it was real brief. He was walking out to his car. And then uh, <laughs> they, let me came in, they let me come in and play songs for him after he left. <laughs> so would you mind telling the story about the connection uh, with that song and, and your song Beer Run? Yeah, I was, uh, well, I got a song, uh, you know, I know that uh, I got a song called uh, Beer Run uh, that uh, my manager called me up and said, uh, like, my manager called me at the house and told me that somebody had done a new version of that song, Beer Run, and that wasn't uh, mine, and that it was on the radio, and he wanted to know what I wanted to do. And I like, I think I might have told you before, I just didn't want to have to go to town or get dressed up, and so I right. just did it, you know. And then uh, and then <clears throat> I got a call back later where they said these, these guys that wrote the other version were now looking into... Uh, the idea that I had taken it from them, and that seemed like that might be harder to deal with than the other way around. But I didn't want to go be involved at all. I just try to stay out of those kinds of things. Right. And uh, so my manager went into town, and they talked and decided that nobody took anything from anybody, which I thought was great. And then a year or so later, I met one of the guys. I met. I was at this Tom T. Hall benefit concert thing, or you know, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the same thing. And uh, somebody said, that guy over there wrote, If Tomorrow Never Comes. I said, I love that song. So I went over and I said, I love your song, If Tomorrow Never Comes. And when I told him my name, he said, oh, I had a lot of trouble with you. I wrote Beer Run, too. And I thought, I thought, I thought, you know, I thought, I bet you, you took it from me. That's what I thought in my head. And so I said that to him. I said, you took it from me. And he said that he had, you know. He said, yeah, I heard you play it at a festival and which is fine with me and but that was the night i got the idea <coughs> to write a song called if tomorrow never comes <laughs> that's great <laughs> hey the devil you know is one of the, the more exciting and action-packed songs i've heard in, in quite some time w- would you mind talking a bit about the environment that spire- inspired it there you gonna blame a man for helping himself there's a war going on at the park
I live in East Nashville, which is um, which I love living here. I'm, um, I, I love my friends and neighbors, but it's like a not normal Nashville. It's more like we're, we don't start our clothes as much. Don't usually have like a big clever title, and uh, like we'll sit for the sit at the green light for a minute, you know, that uh-huh. part of town. And it's also got a, it's a bit rough, you know. It's semi crime infested. Uh, we we got rappers and country singers in our part of town, in our part of the town. And um, there's a project not very far from here where you know these kids end up in trouble like 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 kids do you know especially if the if i don't know just well the song gets into that but right uh <clears throat> a lot it's been four times in the last seven years in my house where the helicopter the police helicopter will be hovering down real low over your street you know and you know if um if a police helicopter is hovering over your house somebody's being chased pretty damn close you know they've done something stupid it, it didn't work, you know. Something they did something dumb. It didn't work out. It's gotten pretty dramatic, and it, now it could come over your fence at any second, you know. Mm-hmm. And so when that happens, we we like lock ourselves in and turn the alarm on. And that song, one night, that's that's one night when uh, it was it was actually more like you know, the sun wasn't totally down yet, mm-hmm. and I, this helicopter got real close, like right over our backyard, and I went out and looked at it. And, uh, in fact, I could see the guy's face. And then I came into the house, we locked the door, turned off the alarm, and I got on the typewriter and I made up the first draft of that song. Yeah, it's a, it's a great song. It, there, there's a line in there about how there's a war going on that the poor can't win. What do you think it'll really take to change the amount of people living in poverty in this country? I don't know. That's sad. That make, you know, I, I don't, I can't honestly say yeah. that I feel optimistic about somebody coming along and doing that. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, God, the thing that scares me is, uh, I mean, we seems like we have this enemy now that's mad at us because they're mad at us, and I, if if the, if all the poor, forgotten people decide to get mad at us too, or us, I shouldn't say us because I'm probably closer to the poor group, but <laughs> I just say uh, if if. Uh, if you think those people are pissed, wait till the poor people finally get pissed. Sure, look what happened to France, huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I don't know. It makes me sad that um, that uh, we. Well, I don't want to get political because I'm really I know seven chords and I've been smoking pot since I was 18. So if you're listening <laughs> to me, I would advise against it. But uh, it seems like we're trying to spread this system that we haven't work, got working yet, you know. Right, right. Like, let's make it work and then go tell everybody about it. But it seems like we're going to spread it, then fix it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's make, break it first and then fix it, huh? <laughs> right. But, like I said, I smoke more dope before 9 a.m. than most people do all day, so I actually bad that, that kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, historically, it seems that folk singers seem to be more prominent during times of war do you think screwed up government is a key ingredient for folk singers to succeed <laughs> that's a great point i hadn't thought of it like that but but uh god probably so uh i know it seems like it's been good for me to have you know i have these songs that i don't think i would have come up with uh <laughs> had, had george bush not been the president so i i guess i owe him <laughs> But uh, I, I would take a, I don't know, I, I'm one of them people that kind of, 
has a hard time getting behind any uh, government. I'm what do you call? I'm not I'm not somebody that the Republicans could come pluck out, but I would definitely call myself a reluctant Democrat. Right, right. And it's kind of hard to be proud of, of that end of it uh, too much. It, you know, everybody yeah. voted for the war. They don't like. I mean, everybody was into it when it started, but I don't know. I guess uh, I'm an anarchist for comedic reasons. Yeah, that's. You have songs, uh, you know, the songs about Phil Oaks to borrowing a couple lyrics from Snoop Dogg. Even you probably have one of the more diverse mixtures of subject matter that I've heard from a musician in some time. Are, are you a music history buff, or I am not as good as some of my friends, but I definitely am. Uh, I love. I don't read the music books as much as I used to, mm-hmm. um, but I still am a big avid like. Especially my heroes. I'm like I could beat John Prine in a trivia contest about himself. I bet. And there's uh, the Stones and Dylan. I get into it. I would say I have three friends that I defer to though. There's a guy named Will Kimbrough, a guy named Tommy Womack, and another guy Peter Cooper. That those are the three guys that. I, those are the three rock historians that put me to shame. So I ask them. But I do. I can. I know enough about music to babble on and bum out my girlfriend, like most musicians do. You do pretty good on Jeopardy, I'm sure, huh? Yeah, I do good. <laughs> if it was music, I'd do pretty good. <laughs> well, it's funny because you know when I I, I first encountered you at this. Um, Strictly Bluegrass Festival, my buddy said, hey, let's, let's go over to the stage here. you got to check this guy out. And um, one of the things I thought about while I was listening to you with, with no knowledge of, of you beforehand was that you know, the humor in your lyrics really reminded me a lot of the early John Prine stuff that I heard when I was a, my parents' albums when I was a kid. I mean, And I was impressed to see that you actually recorded some albums on his label. How, how did that relationship come about? I stalked him. I stalked John Prine pretty good. <laughs> and uh, I, a few people, John Prine, Jerry Jeff, uh, Chris, Jerry Jeff Walker, Chris Christopherson, yeah. and, Billy, and Billy Joe Shaver. And I've just put my found ways to try to... It, for me, the it started with... Um, well, I was, those are the four people I was obsessed with as a kid and know all the lyrics to all the songs. Uh-huh. And, I, and I also bought all the records of their friends. And Keith Sykes was was one of their friends. And so my dad, who was working construction, found out he was down in Memphis working a construction job. Found out where Keith Sykes lives. Told me he said, "I know you, you have the records of this guy. I know where he lives." And so I went to his house and asked him if I could play him some songs. And he liked me and let me stay there. He just said, "Come on in," you know. And he said, "I'll help you if I can." And through him, I met, you know, he through him I met Buffett and Prine and Jerry Jeff and everybody, Chris. He's the guy that like got me going, Keith Sykes. Uh huh. That's great. So it's important. I guess I mean, is that why Memphis is just so important to be home based in, just because of all the the just is such a mecca and connection for all this stuff here. Or? Yeah. Well, I've since moved to Nashville, but I do think that. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's, but uh, like, I like living here, although. Actually, I found this place in South Carolina called Folly Beach that I might move to. Ah. But I like, um, I've liked living here just because I've gotten to be around my heroes. Or like last night, the drive-by truckers came to town, and it's nice to drink with them, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just a real music town. Now I'm getting 40, and I think I might, like my doctor says, I like, uh, what is it? Uh, I gotta stop calling homesick from work, as they say. He, he says <laughs> <laughs> it's time for me to. He says you need to need to start setting aside some time to not listen to records and think about them so hard and 
So yeah. I'd have to start thinking about that a little. If I, I mean, that's if I want to live a long time, which, which I, I guess has its benefits. It, does, it sure, sure does there. <laughs> Wait, now speaking of the 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 drinking there, I I just read on your bio that you have a a rooftop bar that's the stuff of legend in your town there. Uh, at least in the neighborhood a little bit. <laughs> and it got this summer we were gone most of the time, but we have this we had a. We have this deck that's on the side of our bar that sits up in the trees. So oh, wow. It feels, like, you know, it feels like you're in a tree house. And then uh, it was with a, we, we put a, we built a bar up there. We built like a, so you could sit at the bar and we put a TV out there. And and, um, and we bought, got a record player out there. And then we put uh, these lights, we put lights around the, the deck and there's blue lights and red lights, and if the red lights are on, that means we're trying to be romantic, and if the blue lights are on, that means we're open. And so <laughs> when the blue lights come on, that's a good night for, you know, there's usually going to be some good music. Someone's going to come play. Because you can see it from, you know, you can see it from pretty far. Uh, not very far, but it, it doesn't take long for word to get around that, that we're open. Oh, and I got you. It's sort of the, the everybody come over lights, huh? Yeah, they, yeah, we don't charge for nothing. I got it from... Uh, I had a friend named Moondog that had a tavern where he had it in his in his backyard and it was open and it and it functioned like a real place, except for you just brought your own beer, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow, that's so great. So it's a way for people to get out and not have to spend a bunch of money. Yeah. Well, well we serve wine too. Like we always have lots of wine, so I guess you don't necessarily have to bring your own. But it's it's if we're open, it's free. What's your favorite kind of wine to drink? This it's called Big House Red. It's made by Bonnie Dune. Vineyards made by prisoners in Northern California. <laughs> they they make it in their toilets out of raisins, or <laughs> huh? They make it in toilets out of raisins in the cells there. <laughs> I, I like to think so. And it has a screw off top. And whether you're uh, just trying to relax for the evening or drink a hole in your stomach, like I'm doing, it's good for all occasions. <laughs> oh, that's good. So, do you think Detroit has a chance to come back in the World Series? Unfortunately, I don't. I think they. I, I love them. God love them. But I think, and I don't like St. Louis at all. I rooted for the two New York teams, really. But now, I'm, once the Mets got beat, I was rooting for the uh, Tigers. No, no, the the Mets got beat by the Cardinals. The Tigers beat the Yankees, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was rooting for the Mets against the Cardinals. That was my last shot at really caring. But now my tour manager is from Detroit, so I'm with him. And it looks bad. I think they'll lose it tonight. Yeah. Unfortunately. I'll well, keep my fingers crossed, though. And I've been watching. Have you been watching? Yeah, it's been a lot of drama. Though the, those rainouts kind of throw uh-huh. you for, for getting a the Games are getting so cold. Yeah. Boy, that last game between the Mets and the Cardinals was my favorite game of the year. I really like baseball. Yeah, I remember you mentioned that you, you subscribe to the, the, the league pass. Yeah, where that's you what we do a lot in my bars. And then in the daytime, like, the guys come over, like, the songwriter guys come over, and, like, when everyone's done working on their crop, sometimes we'll have the, I, I usually have the baseball game. In the summer, if I'm home, I'll be sitting up at the bar with the game on. That's uh-huh. the funnest time to be there is in the daytime. Yeah, I bet. Well, as a self-proclaimed uh, porn-watching hippie, would you say the quality of porn's gotten better or worse since the Internet? <laughs> That's great. Well, the accessibility has gotten improved so much. Uh, that, that you would have to imagine that the quality goes down with that. Uh, I don't know. I uh, that's tough. That's a tough question. What well, it's what is more it accessible, say, uh, as you say. Yeah, like sex and pee, or what you know. Ever since the first I had, the worst I had was good. 
<laughs> Unless it's that porn that you don't really get to see nothing in, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. What is that Bill Hicks said? Unless it's that hairy bobbin man ass for 30 minutes, <laughs> I'm all right with it. I always laugh at those ones you see in the hotel rooms where they're edited to be a little bit more safe, so you just see... Yeah, like you're like, what's the point? Ten seconds of some guy's face just groaning because yeah. they have to cut out the rest there. <laughs> yeah, that's aggravating. Yeah. Your live show's a, a great mixture of comedy and music. Are, are we going to see another live album or a DVD? I'd like time? to do... I would definitely like to have that be something I did every few years. Mm-hmm. And so, that I, you know, I think that I might do something like that again. I don't know when the time will be right. I'm not sure exactly what we're doing next. I haven't checked in with anybody. I just got home. But I think there's some kind of DVD maybe in the summertime. Uh-huh. And then I also heard that there's some album that oh boy is going to do that I haven't heard yet that's like some outtakes or something but uh I'd like to do that and I also would like to try to do I wrote a speech one time or I wrote a story one time I would like to put out that's a story of Moondog's Tavern and I'd like to try to record it someday and just put it out like that so oh, cool, like a spoken word story thing there yeah it's, more, it's just like a 30 minute story and I'd like to try to record that someday we had your uh, your video for a tale of two fraternity brothers linked on our site and got a oh great, great. Res- yeah we had a great response from the readers about that do you, do you really enjoy making videos or I'm not you know like I do but I'm not into them I like I'm I'm like actually like if you're the video director those guys like me because I don't tr- I don't claim to I go there and I say now where do you want me to be I'm like once I pick the guy they come at you with a few video directors. Uh-huh. And I tell them that I'm pretty shy, you know, and then, and then, but I'll do whatever. And once I pick a guy, I just try to let him. Because I think of when I do the videos, I think of how I, the record companies have always let me just make whatever record I want. And so, and I always say to them, "Why'd you hire me if you didn't want me?" Or that's what people say when they get hassled. So yeah, yeah. So I want to give that, but like when I have a video guy, I want to hire a guy and then say. Okay, now here's what we're going to do. I always say, like, I trusted you, so go for it. And then if I don't, you know, and then not many people like the way they look. I, I hope I'm not alone on that. Yeah, it's kind of hard to see yourself so much, huh? Yeah, I turn away from it. It's like I pick a guy that I trust and say, hook me up, man. That uh, Those two guys, there was two guys that did this video, and, they, and I appreciated them. And I didn't really have to do a whole lot. It was all their idea. I just read it and thought, that's cool. Yeah, your looks kind of evolved a little bit through the years. It's kind of is it kind of weird looking back at the various oh, stages yeah. of your hair oh, and yeah. whatnot? <laughs> Looked like I've been beat all over with a tire iron. <laughs> <laughs> so now you you're with a you're, uh, a new record label with your, your new album that's just come out, The Devil You Know, right? Yeah. And um, so uh, w- was it like diff- difficult to leave oh boy or was it kind of in between deals or what was uh, the the story with that just kind of got a, a, a improved offer there or? yeah it was, it was um they they just had the most bread really I, I was at that deal where I was finished I was finished with my uh I was finished with my deal I had lived up to my agreement with oh boy and right. they wanted me to stay and I uh, but then it turned out there was a bunch of people there was about four people I guess maybe five people that that had come to my manager and it just this guy actually this guy that's very close to oh boy the guy that signed me the first time to Margaritaville uh-huh. his name's Bob Mercer and he uh, he's just always been a close friend and he ended up coming and he had 
he had a lot more dough than everybody else. And then also that was just felt like uh, I'm not one that really thinks about it that much because I just make the record and like I do with the videos, I go, okay, you guys, there, do your best, and I don't bitch a lot. Right. Um, and I'm glad, you know, I'm just like, thanks for the dough. I'll try to be at all the stuff you say for me to go to. <laughs> and um, so it it was pretty, it was a easy, I've been really lucky because I've switched labels a few times and it's always been real easy and it's never been, uh, I've never had any kind of uh, feud or anything like that, you know. Of course, I haven't heard this outtakes record, so if I don't like that, I may have to go throttle Albanetta, but <laughs> that, won't, that won't mean I don't love him. <laughs> so will this connect you back to the, the stuff that you had via MCA before so the, yeah, they, they could be all recompiled together deal. now what's that so you could like have compilations with your your new and old stuff mixed together now again without, I guess they could yeah. but I don't think they will I think oh, okay. they'll separate them but it, part of the deal was that like I got to do I got to w- one of the things that lured me was I knew that I would be able to or they were going to let me do it anyway I had to just because I had that friend uh, Bob Mercer they said we're doing a greatest hits album and if you give a shit you can do it you can pick the songs and do everything and I said sure I'll do that oh that's great yeah that was really generous and then uh, but so far I got no complaints with the people um, I've worked with and I don't think they have complaints with me they all still call and shit uh-huh. so, do you think that frat boy is still going to get away with it I su- yeah yeah I do unfortunately <laughs> I just think it's the nature of the Nature, the nature of the world. I don't understand why no one has explored anger at God during these times. I get because uh, poor. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder how how do you, how does things get the way they are? How do people? I don't know. But no, yeah, of course I do. I think I think all. I'm a negativitist, so I think this too shall blow up in our faces. <laughs> <laughs> I've chosen to go through life without hope and confidence, and it's really, it really, sincerely is working out. I've taken all the hope out. I've (laughs) taken all the confidence out, and now I'm just rolling along. (laughs) Hey, well, to kind of wrap things up, if if a new fan enjoyed your latest CD, The Devil You Know, what of your previous albums would you recommend they should try next? I think that the, the. if you like it, the very next one to get is East Nashville Skyline, which is like the prequel. Because they, to me, I was making this book, these little bookend records. I felt like I wanted to. I, I think of them. I think of East Nashville as part one, and the Devil You Know as part two. And so that would be the next one. And those are also my two favorites. Because and those are my two favorites. I said the. And then after that, I would say. Well, I think a lot of people would say there's a live one that people that, that I hear other people say that's one to have. I like that one a lot. I'd go with those three at the top. And then my next favorite after that is one called um, Happy to Be Here. But I don't like that as much as I like the the last. Well, I guess it's three because it was the live one, then the East Nashville one, and then the Devil You Know. And those are my favorites. But I don't know. You know, it would be a tie. If you got the Devil You Know... <laughs> Actually, if you get the devil, you know East Nashville Skyline, the greatest hits in the live record. You don't need none of the others. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, you're, you're you're taking a little break from touring uh, for for about a week or so here, and you're going to be yeah. back on the road again. Yeah, I'm home for a couple of weeks. That's good. It's kind of nice to touch base for a while and just sort of relax. Yeah, I huh? needed it. I was glad to get home. Yeah, imagine we've been, you a, we've been away most of the most of the time this this summer, and so that's nice. Or 
Do you have a kid? No. Oh, okay. It's me and my wife. We have a. Li- we used to have three dogs, but we lost two of them. Now we have one. You had the, the dogs a while. Huh? Dogs you've had quite a while, or? Yeah, both of them we've had for five years or more, and then both of them died of different reasons within a few months of each other. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. So now I'm going to get a new one, and I'm going to name him Cowboy Jim. I don't know what he's going to be yet, but. So how do, you, how do you go about picking a new dog out of I mean, Do you go to, like, to a pound or a breeder? I'll go to the pound. Yeah. That's cool. So, um, well, thanks so much for talking to us, and, and best of luck to you. We're, we're uh, big fans of your work here, and uh, wish you much well, success. Well, thank you for doing there. this for me, and uh, let me know if you come to a show, come introduce yourself. Yeah, totally. Well, it's, I was uh, upset that after I checked out at the festival there. You were just uh, about eight blocks from my house at Maryland's here in Sacramento. Oh, <laughs> like just two days oh, before. Oh yeah. So, so when I come back, you know, it'll be through the same channel that, you know, you got my number right. So oh, if, totally. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll stay in the loop there. Let so. me know. Yeah, let me know. I'd love to say hello. All right. Thanks so much, Todd. Have a great day. You too, man. Thanks. Bye. Well, that was a lot of fun, and I hope you check out Todd's work. Again, his uh, latest album is The Devil You Know. If uh, you use iTunes, you can just do uh, uh, a quick search on Todd Snyder. Uh, but consider buying the CDs. I noticed uh, you, you can get a, a, a few of his CDs for just eight ninety nine on Amazon, and uh, that's a buck less than the electronic copy on iTunes there. But uh, either way, uh, totally worth checking out. You can visit his website at toddsnyder.net. And uh, we'll have some uh, videos linked up uh, on a text version of this article that you could read shortly. And uh, we're going to leave you with um, the, some of the closing piece of his song that closes out the album, The Delvino. And uh, also, uh, please uh, check out our, our, our next podcast. Number 99 should be a lot of fun. And um, visit our podcast page. If this is the first time you've heard us, uh, go to RetroCrush.com. There's a podcast button on the top, and we've got nearly a 100 different fun episodes for you to check out. And, of course, a lot of good stuff on the RetroCrush website. Um, you can visit our MySpace page at MySpace.com slash RetroCrush and call the RetroCrush hotline. I always like to hear from the fans, 916-231-9480, whether you've got a something to suggest for the show um, just comments uh, hate mail any of that uh, love to hear from you we're going to leave you with Todd Snyder's Happy New Year so just chill till the next episode now back to the lecture at hand seems like my neighbor wants to kill what he can't understand I say we can't just kill what we don't understand but I turn on my TV and I see that oh yeah we can we can and we have since the dawn of man countless gods whose only real seeming plan was to see to it that clinging to life was our fate and you got to admit life's pretty great but can we deny that it's killing us i'll be here all week